Hi, everybody. It's Connie Bowman, host of the weekly podcast, Happy Healthy You, where we talk about living lives that are whole in mind, body, and spirit. Our new sponsor for the podcast is Red Revive, and I have to tell you, I'm enjoying the results I'm getting after adding just a couple of tablespoons to my green smoothie in the morning. I've even gotten my family to try it. For more about Red Revive and 30% off your order, go to our Happy Healthy You Facebook page and click on the Red Revive video at the top left. today? Well, I just ran and I have to say it was a little bit lackluster. It's really hot out. It's the summertime. And so my runs are a little bit slower. My pace is slowed down a lot. And I don't know, it takes me a lot longer to get out the door in the summer months. I don't know about you, but I've been thinking a lot about trail running. And you guys know I just went to Wanderlust and I took the most awesome workshop with Eleanor Fish. She taught a mindful running workshop and Eleanor or Elle Fish is a writer, she's a speaker, and she's a leader whose mission is to educate, inspire, and guide runners on a path to balanced health through mindfulness, recovery, stress reduction, good nutrition, natural running forms, self-care, and sustainable training practices. She's the founder of Run Wild Retreats, Trail Running, and Yoga Retreats, which offers transformational immersions in the practice of mindful running for health and stress reduction in the most spectacular trail running destinations. In fact, she's at one of these retreats now, so I can't wait to talk to her. She has been a competitive runner for more than 25 years in events ranging from 5Ks to 125 miles, you guys. And she's written about many of her trail running adventures in Spain, Patagonia, the Canadian Rockies, and other places. The former editor of Trail Runner magazine, she is the author of a new ebook, The Healthy Runner's Manifesto, which encapsulates Eleanor's philosophy of what true health means for runners and her method of transforming runners from chronically injured, exhausted, or unmotivated, thank you, to thriving and healthy. Her writing and ideas have been featured in major magazines and newspapers, including the Los Angeles Times, Runner's World, Outside, Trail Runner, Shape Self, Yoga Journal, Aspen Magazine, National Geographic Adventure, and many others. She's an inspiring speaker and workshop leader who's spoken to groups, large and small, at conferences, retreats, events, and more. So we're really lucky to have her. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Elle. Thank you so much, Connie. I'm really excited to be talking to you today. Yeah, it's great. And I am really interested in starting to trail run, but I have some trepidation. And first of all, I'm excited you're you're at this retreat. Tell us a little bit about the retreats that you run, because this might be a good way to, to start my trail running adventure. Yeah, yeah. A, a retreat is, is just a fantastic way for people to kind of dip their toe into trail running if they if they're if they're new to it and they want to get some instruction and, and support and i've been leading retreats through my business run wild retreats for about six years now and the retreats usually have been in colorado and in utah and places like that and but now i'm expanding into more international destinations and mm. this year is has been really exciting with new programs in here in the canadian rockies which is where i am right now and uh and then in august we're going to iceland 
for a trail running retreat up there. And then in the fall, we have one in Moab, Utah, in the desert out there, which is October is just the most fabulous time of year to be running on those trails out there. But, um, but, you know, most of the people who come to these events, uh, some of them have some trail running experience or want to maybe train for a trail race. But for, for a lot of people, it's just a chance to, to experiment with a different aspect of running that is different from their usual routine. And, um, and so it's really fun for me uh, to give a chance to show them what running can be like, that the trail running doesn't have to be something super extreme or really very difficult. So it doesn't have to involve running up big mountains, which I think sometimes the media sort of gives us that impression because those can be some of the most spectacular environments to feature, sure. uh, you know, in magazines and websites. And, uh, and so it, definitely trail running can take you to some of the most beautiful places in the world. And, and that's one of the things that I love about it the most. And I've, I've had the opportunity to, to explore some beautiful parts of the world, uh, you know, through trail running. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so with these retreats, I just want to give people just a little taste of what that can be like. And, 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 uh, but the thing is, is there's no big, radical amounts of fitness required to do these kinds of events. Um, you know, we usually run anywhere from like maybe five to 10 miles a day. And, and the trails I, I choose, we, we run on routes that are very, very doable for anyone who has some, some basic running fitness. And it offers just the right amount of, of challenge in terms of terrain and environment. Um, so that you get a chance to sort of put into practice some of the key things that we that we talk about as part of the retreat. We talk about how to run on trails that are rocky and rooty and there's uphills and downhills and and how to really pace yourself on that kind of terrain because it, it can feel quite different from from uh, your, from running on the road for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to say I so enjoyed your workshop at Wanderlust. And that was at Snowshoe, West Virginia. So we had it was in the mountains. And we ran a beautiful trail. Wasn't that so pretty? It was so green and lush. It was. It was so beautiful. It was quite a contrast from what I'm used to, you know, in Colorado, where it's very dry and rocky and dusty, a lot of our trails. So yeah. that was really beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. And I want to talk a little bit before we get into trail running. I want to talk about mindfulness and running because yeah. I I had never really, before I met you, <laughs> incorporated mindfulness. I just put on my earphones and I go. And you opened my mind so much to the idea of mindful running. Can you just talk about that briefly and, and tell us what it's all about? Absolutely. Yeah. So mindfulness... Mindful running is sort of the the key concept at the center of everything that I do and all the different ways that I work with runners. And um, that is such an an important, I call it a tool, but it it is really a practice, uh, like any kind of mindfulness practice, that is really meant to, to enhance the experience, to make running a much... uh, deeper experience and more rewarding experience. And so the reason why I kind of focus on that is because for so many of us, you know, we were motivated to run at first, maybe to, uh, to achieve 
you know, maybe it's to, to do a race or to improve our health or lose weight or, you know, there's a number of different reasons why, uh, you know, people get into running to begin with. And, and then they discover the, the rewards of running and doing a race and, and that sort of thing. But I find that over time, if people want to stick with running, if they really want to make it a, a, a consistent part of their lives, like either to reduce stress or to, um, you know, to spend time with other people and just to really maintain health on a consistent basis, there kind of needs to be a more internal reason to run. And so mindfulness is a great way for us to, to really tune in to what those internal motivators really are and to, and to, to enhance the whole experience because when we're always running in order to train for the next event or to to work towards some kind of external goal, running can become a chore. And I've seen so many so many people say, "Well, I used to love running, but now it's just so hard. It's mm-hmm. just so hard because I don't have time, or it hurts my body, or um, it just it isn't as fun anymore. I, I feel too much pressure, or." You know, I'm comparing myself to my friends and that sort of thing. And those kinds of things really distract us from um, from the mindfulness aspect of running that I think is inherent in the exercise. But we tend to desensitize ourselves from it because we're so busy worrying about, am I doing it right? Am I training hard enough? Um uh, you know, what else should I be doing? Should I be doing more intervals or hill repeats or, you know, should I, you know, there's so many different factors involved and there's so much information out there about how to train and how to exercise, like how to, how to run well and train for that next event. But what I'd really try to pare it down to is let's just get back to the feeling of running in your body, you know, mm. and, um, you know, you mentioned Connie that, that you'll some, you'll put on headphones and kind of like listen to music or, you know, maybe a podcast and kind of tune out when you run. And that's something that a lot of people do. They, they, they kind of tune out, um, while they just want to get it done or, um, they feel that running itself can be kind of boring. So they need something to kind of, you know, think about while they're out there. And so what I try to emphasize is let's, you know, let's take away those external distractions and really just tune in to how our body feels when we're running and, and to listen to all of that information that comes in and use that as a way to understand what's going on in our bodies and also to, to, to run better. And so that means a lot of different things. <laughs> and, you sure. know, this is something that we really go deeper into over the course of, say, a, a week-long retreat or a, a four-day retreat or some of the coaching programs that I offer. But in essence, you know, mindful running is it's about making running a practice, not just a form of exercise or training for a next event. So for me, making running a practice means it's something that's in your life on a consistent basis. And it's something that ebbs and flows, though, um, you know, as, as, as it's available to you. And what I mean by that is, is on days that you have a lot of energy, 
You go and you use that energy to have a really great vigorous run. On the days where you're really low energy or you're really low, you know, you're really tired and maybe kind of burnt out, then you just do a run that is maybe a run walk or just a really short, slow, easy half hour run or whatever it is that is going to help you get the get the the feeling that you need in your body on that day. Mm. So maybe you just need to clear your head a little bit. Maybe it's not about knocking out, you know, a 10 miler when you've had a really stressful day at work and you didn't get a good night's sleep last night because the kids were up at all hours or the dog was sick or, you know, whatever else is going on. But to, to kind of be respectful of, of how everything in your life impacts your running and not trying to to treat running as as a training plan that is set in stone and you have to do what's written on the training plan for example um and that's what running is and that if you deviate from that plan then you're not you're not being a successful runner yes that's a really good point and then we beat ourselves up for it yeah you know and the other thing about mindful running that i noticed just from running with you the other day is that everything was so much more profoundly beautiful. The sensory experience of the trail run was just amazing because I wasn't distracting myself with my music and I was, I was really paying attention to every, every foot, Mm. you know, every foot plant on the trail. And it was just, it was really different. And I, so thank you for that. That's awesome. So let's talk about trail running and some of the basics for someone who may not be, a trail runner. I, I've run a few trails, but I, I'd like to talk about like the benefits, the good things about trail running that you love, and you know some of the uh, some of the differences between trail running and regular road running. You bet. Um, I I think one of the the biggest benefits of, of trail running is just the fact that it immerses you in a natural environment, and I think this is especially important when for our modern lives that in, involves us spending so much of our day in buildings. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for a lot of us, that means sitting at a desk, but, but most of us, we work indoors in some capacity. We spend a lot of time inside. And especially if you live in a city, it, it, it takes conscious effort to get yourself into a place where you can be surrounded in nature. And, and the thing is, is you know, our lives move at such a fast pace these days, and it tends to create a lot of um, stress response in our daily lives. And and those studies have been able to show that actually just being in nature or even looking out over a natural landscape with trees and grass and plants and flowers immediately reduces things like cortisol, the stress hormone. So I think right off the bat, just being out in a natural environment um, and doing something as as profound for your health as running in a natural environment is one of the best things you can do just for your physical and mental health. Sure, sure. Yeah. And then the, the second thing is um, a lot of runners notice that running on trails is a lot less impactful on their bodies. And obviously it's because, you know, a dirt uh, surface is a lot more forgiving than a paved surface. And this is no, this is no small deal. This is really um, something that a lot of runners have found they're able to run more consistently or to run more miles uh, when a portion of their time spent running is done on trails instead of the roads. 
So I think when you think about your longevity as a runner, including a certain amount of time on trails instead of roads, uh, can be a really important part of making uh, running um, sustainable. Yeah, sustainable part of your of your routine. Talk about the pace a little bit. Is it different the pace of a trail run? Definitely. Even if we're talking about um, trails that are, you know, relatively flat, let's say, you know, don't have any big elevation change or anything, even on on relatively easy trails, you'll notice that your pace per mile will be a little bit slower. And that's natural because you need to be more mindful of uneven footing, so of rocks and roots on the trail. And it's going to require you to slow down a little bit so that you can react to that that changing terrain underneath your foot. So right off the bat, I always tell people to forget about whatever pace per mile they typically run on the road. Let's just pretend that's completely irrelevant on the trail and just find a pace that is suitable for the type of trail that we're on. Okay. And then how about equipment? Is there any, you know, uh, do you have to have trail shoes and talk about Mm -hmm. that a little? Yeah, it definitely depends on the kind of trails that you run on. I think most people find that uh, trail running specific shoes are uh, are more suitable for trails. And there's a couple of key things to look for. Uh, A good trail shoe should have a tread on the bottom of the shoe that is a little bit more knobby. Uh, And this just helps you get better grip on um, on trails, especially if there's um, places that are maybe a little bit slippery, if there's moist ground, um, that sort of thing. Uh, So a shoe with a good tread. But also on the upper, you'll notice trail shoes tend to have more overlays on the upper. And so that's like the 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 stitched strapping that goes over the the arch of the foot or sometimes it's uh it's a welded plastic strips that sort of thing that helps keep your foot a little bit more stable on the platform of the shoe and um and that's really important because you're going to your foot is going to be landing at all these different angles you know whether you're stepping on um, over a log or on a rock or that sort of thing because the ground is more uneven your foot is more likely to slide around so you'll notice that trail shoes help uh, have that reinforcement to help keep your foot a little bit more stable and then also too trail shoes tend to have a little bit more protection at the front of the toe you know so so that you're not bashing your toe against things Sure, sure so that's a key thing the other most important thing i would recommend for trail runners is is um is some kind of hydration system. And that's just because you're probably gonna be in an area where you can't refill uh, water. There's, you're not gonna be running by buildings or water fountains or that sort of thing. And also too, sometimes with trail running, what it's harder to sometimes to estimate how long it's gonna take you to, to do a, a route or something. So you want to be prepared and have um, water with you. So. If you're going for anything more than, you know, four miles, especially if it's hot like it is this time of year, mm-hmm. I, I highly recommend having a hydration system of some kind. What do you like for, for water? Do you carry a camelback or? I really love the pack because I, I've tried every different <laughs> configuration over the years. Um, I'm not a big fan of waist belts just because I don't like the feeling of having a, a belt around. 
me. So even if I'm not going for a really long run and I don't need say, you know, two liters of water, but I really like the hydration pack just because it lets me bring uh, some extra clothing if I want it. It lets me carry some food um, and and water. And I just find it really comfortable. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Nathan Packs and also Ultimate Direction. Both those companies make some really fantastic packs, uh, even for women, that uh, can fit really fit really well and be very comfortable. Awesome. Awesome. I would, I just want to give a shout out to Jen, who's an avid trail runner. She's always telling me about these great trails. In fact, she mentioned that Moab trail. She said it's beautiful oh, where great. you're, you're holding one of your retreats. She asked about nutrition on trail runs. She also does some long, like 50 mile crazy runs. So what do you right. recommend for nutrition and how do you carry it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially when you're getting into those longer distances, like what Jen's doing, it's really critical to practice your nutrition as part of your training. Um, and, uh, and so it's very important to stay on top of your nutrition right from the get-go. And this is true even if you do like a marathon distance as well. If, if at any point you start to fall behind on your hydration or your nutrition, during a long run like that, it's really hard to catch up. And you may not catch up before the end of the race. So um, it can really de be just detrimental. And also, too, if you fall behind on your nutrition during long runs and races, uh, it makes your recovery that much longer and that much more difficult. Mm. So uh, there's a lot of different things that work for different people. And that's why it is a process of experimentation. But a few key things that I recommend for people to try is, is to think about your hydration and your nutrition as two separate things. Um, a lot of people don't do well with uh, certain types of drinks that include uh, the electrolytes and the calories all together because those drinks tend to be very, very sweet and sugary. And if you're out there for a long time, um, all that sugar in your belly can, can start to cause some, some gastrointestinal distress. So one thing you might want to try is, is water with electrolytes. And as runners, we, we can't just drink pure water. We have to have electrolytes in our water, especially in this hot weather when you're sweating a lot. Um, it's absolutely critical for staying hydrated. So um, whether you have a drink that has low sugar content, but lots of electrolytes and use that in your, in your water, or you have one bottle that's, a, that's an energy drink with electrolytes and one bottle that is plain water, that's another way to do it. Um, but to kind of think about that as one system. Okay. And then the other system is the food system. So how many calories do you need to eat per hour? And again, there's definitely a range between different people. Um, but the, the, the typical range, they say, and I find works for most people, is between 200 to 400 calories per hour. And the thing is, is we burn a lot more calories than that per hour when we're running, but you can't replace all the calories that you burn because your, your stomach is, is not working at full capacity. You know, uh, when you're running, a lot of your blood is going to fueling the muscles that uh, that are running and therefore your digestive system works more slowly. So that's why it's really important to experiment with different kinds of foods in your training before racing and also to, to, to experiment with the quantity as well. 
because some people find they just really can't digest more than 200 calories worth of food per hour, whereas other people have to have more like 400 calories per hour. Otherwise, their energy just drops off and they, they can't get through the distance. So um, as for what kinds of foods you should eat out there, um, some people do really well with, with just energy foods. So, uh, you know, like there's so many different kinds of gels and chews and bars out there that are really great. So finding ones that are palatable to you and uh, work well in your stomach. And then also to whole foods, uh, especially if you're out there for like a 50 mile run in particular, having a certain amount of whole food that has uh, protein and some healthy fats in there is going to be really important for keeping that slow burn energy. Uh, I find for those really long endurance events, you can't subsist on just sugar alone. You also, like those simple carbohydrate type sugars, you need to have um, some fats and protein in there as well. So what's your favorite food for a long race? Like one of those, that 125 mile race. That's, I can't even imagine that. What, you, what did you eat? <laughs> that one was over, yeah, six days. And we were oh, running okay. anywhere from like five to seven hours a day. Wow. Through the mountains. So we definitely had to be on top of our nutrition because not only did you have to get through that day's run, but you had to be able to recover quickly enough so that you could start running again the next morning. And um, I, in that particular event, I actually found that I got stronger as each day went on. It's crazy how things work like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I've also done events that are 100 miles nonstop, where you start at four in the morning one day and you go without stopping, without sleeping <laughs> till like 11 a.m. the following Sunday. And um, and so it's uh, so it, it's definitely important to stay on top of the nutrition. So. For for most of my runs that are not super long, I really am a big fan of uh, Honey Stinger products. They have some great tasting chews and gels that I really enjoy. Plus, uh, I have bars that are made from just ground up dates and almonds mm. or dates and some other kinds of nuts. Yum. And um, I find that works really well. Dates, I believe, have uh, minerals like potassium uh, that really helps with staying, uh, keeping my electrolytes balanced. Plus I also take electrolyte pills as well. They're just little, like little salt tablets. Um, so, and then when I'm doing a really long event and I want to have that, uh, protein and healthy fats, I make little portable bars with, uh, say cooked rice and, um, and I, I'm vegetarian, so I don't eat animal protein, but I'll put in there like chia seeds uh, and almonds and that sort of thing I find works really, really well for kind of, you know, eating really food, real food that's going to keep me going. Sure, sure. That's great. Great ideas. And let's finally talk about safety. I think for me, that's one of the reasons I'm hesitant to go out on a trail by myself sometimes. Some days I would just love to take off and go, but I think gosh, if I get back there and something happens or, I, you know, what do you recommend for safety? And maybe you can allay some of my fears. Yeah, definitely. I And, and, and the, the source of one's fear, I think, definitely depends on where you live, whether or not you're, if you're running trails in a major urban area, maybe your biggest concern is 
other people <laughs> right. or for me where I live in a mountain environment my biggest concern when I go out on the trail is uh is wildlife right. and and that's a real concern uh you know we have cougars and bears and that sort of thing um but then also too there's just the the idea of not getting lost and being able to take care of yourself if you go off trail or if you twist an ankle and and can't keep running so I understand there's there's definitely a lot of valid concerns when it comes to safety on the trails and the best thing that I can you know recommend is a, a few different things one is is if you're unfamiliar with a trail is to fun, find someone to go with you at least that first time so that you can get familiar with the trail with someone and also to do your research beforehand uh, get a trail map or download the GPS coordinates to your phone so that you have something to refer to if you get to a trail junction that is confusing or isn't what you expected. You have something you can refer to to, to guide you in the right direction. Um, I always overpack when it comes to my nutrition and my water just in case a trail takes me longer than anticipated. Um, and you know, that's something to, to think about and then just to be very aware. I think it's important to, to not, uh, you know, run with music or, or headphones when you're on a trail, not just for the sake of get, you know, letting yourself be mindful and get really present in the experience of running in this beautiful place, but also too, so you can be aware of what's going on around you so you can hear, uh, you know, other people approaching or whatever, maybe there's mountain bikers on the trail you need to be aware of. So you avoid any collisions and that sort of thing. And, sure. and, um, and just be aware of what's going on around you. So, so running with other people, I mean, I run a lot by myself, but I, I do that once I'm on a trail that I know I can run the distance and I know which way to go. Mm -hmm. And I know that um, that I can take care of myself out there. And so, but like I said, you know, when you're new to a trail and, and um, not sure about it, it's, it is a good idea to have someone to go with you just in sure. case. Now, Elle, when you go out by yourself on some of these trails that you're so familiar with, do you let someone know where you are always? Or do you, are you, are you pretty casual about that? Well, yeah, I, I definitely, I do let my husband know. Um, he knows now what my general routes are. So if I just say, oh, I'm going to Red Hill, he knows where, you know, what kind of loop I'm probably going to do or okay. whatever. So definitely telling someone where you're going is, is always a great idea. Okay, good, good. I don't want to worry about you. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, what's the coolest wildlife you've seen on some of your runs? You've run in so many beautiful places. Oh, yeah. Um, gosh, well, I've seen lots of bears here in the Canadian Rockies. That is, uh, that's pretty standard. We have a, a lot of bears up here. I used to live here, so that mm. doesn't surprise me too much. Um, I've seen moose, uh, which is always really interesting. Again, an animal, not an animal you want to approach, but as long as you give them lots of space, <laughs> not too not too bad. Um, when I lived in Australia, I would see kangaroos, which was always oh, really cool. cool. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh, how much fun. Oh, I want to go on one of your retreats so I can see yeah. some wildlife. So tell us, this is the other question Jen had, and she's yeah. she belongs to a group called 
the trail junkies. I love that name. I, I should probably join them on some of their runs, but, um, I know there are local groups all over the, the world really that you can join in. So that's probably another good idea I just came up with. Yeah, absolutely. That's <laughs> <But> a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> for all of us, tell us some of your favorite trails and maybe some of your favorite races. Oh yeah. Um, gosh, there's, there's a lot of different places to explore for sure. Um, well, so I'm, I'm really familiar with the trails around Colorado, especially, and um, there's some fantastic trails around Aspen, if you're ever up in, in this area. And um, there's some great trails that leave right from town and go to places like up the Hunter Valley. So you can run right from the town and get up into these beautiful alpine meadows that are just covered in flowers and are really, really beautiful mm. to to uh to explore um i've also had the honor of of doing some great uh trail runs in the bay area like on um, the uh, mill valley area of san francisco is absolutely gorgeous Mm. there's some beautiful kind of trails there along the coast and um speaking of of coast uh there's a few years ago i did an amazing trail running vacation in Costa Brava, Spain, which is definitely should be on any anyone's anyone's bucket list if you love to run and you love to eat. And Ooh. I don't know about you, but that <laughs> definitely fit my bell. Yeah. Because um, the Costa Brava region in Catalonia is actually really renowned for its cuisine. And it has an extremely high concentration of um, Michelin guide top restaurants in all of Europe. Mm. So basically you you run all day, you run, not all day even, you run from village to village and then you get to stop and, and have amazing dishes with fresh seafood and all this kind of Ugh, stuff. That sounds heavenly. Run yeah. and eat. Eat to run, run to eat. It sounds, exactly. sounds perfect. Exactly. Thank yeah. you so much, Elle. I'm just so yeah. appreciative. I'm so glad I got to meet you and run with you. And I I, maybe you could talk about a, what just before we leave a perfect okay. uh, the day what the day is like at one of your retreats. Yes, definitely. Um, well, the, like the retreat we're planning here that we're starting this weekend in the in the Canadian Rockies is a great example, and this is similar to what we'll be doing at the Moab retreat that's coming up October fifteenth to the eighteenth, and uh, and so we we start the day with a very gentle kind of morning yoga class and just to kind of limber up our our muscles for the day. And um, and then we have a nice little breakfast. And then we spend some time talking about trail running form and pacing and how to, how to run really with the most efficiency and flow on the trails. And then we'll head out for a couple of hours and we'll go run on some beautiful alpine trails. And then we're back before lunch and get to enjoy a nice lunch. And then there's some free time. Uh, people can kind of just relax and enjoy themselves. And then the afternoons, we have a, we have a healthy running discussion, basically. And this is, it's kind of like the live version of what I do on my coaching calls and in the Revive Your Running coaching program that I lead, which is a, an online and uh, phone coaching course that I, that I do for clients. And it's where we sit down and we talk about, okay, what about your running 
is not working or what obstacles are you facing in your running right now? And we look at um, how to change our approach to training in order to overcome those obstacles or, you know, what kind of workarounds or how can we train, train in a way that is going to be just easier, fit better with your lifestyle, not be at odds with other things you have going on in your life. Maybe, you know, your work schedule, your family obligations, other activities and sports that you do. You know, running should complement these things, not conflict with them. Mm, so, absolutely. Uh, you know, we look at sleep habits, eating habits. How are all these things impacting our running? How can we, where can we make changes in order to um, enhance the running experience and just increase our overall health and just reduce our overall stress? Sure. sure. And so, so we spend some time working through those things. And then we usually have some more like afternoon yoga and then uh, get to enjoy a lovely, a lovely dinner together. So amazing. That sounds so great. And, and your coaching sounds amazing. And I, I, I need to check it out. So before we give everybody the information uh, that they need to get in touch with you and uh, read your book, and uh, let's just assume that there are some people out there that are running and listening to this podcast. We're about 36, 37 minutes in. So what would you say to those people that are running right now to sort of inspire them to maybe go a little longer or be more mindful or whatever, whatever comes to mind? Oh boy, I like I like that comment. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, just to r- relax and like release the tension in your body and the expectations in your mind of what your running should be like, and just let it flow the way it is, you know. And so, if you're getting a little bit tired at this point, just relax into that and find where there's a little bit of ease in it. If you're like facing a really big hill that maybe you're like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get up this. Just again, kind of relax into it. And instead of trying to muscle your way through it, just let the energy kind of flow through you instead of trying to, trying too hard, trying harder than we need to. So, so I guess the number one message is just, is to to relax into the work and and let it flow through you. Mm, I love it. I'm relaxed just listening to you, and I, <laughs> I I already ran today. So so give sure. us all the information we need to get in touch with you and to find your book and everything. Great. Yep. Um, my website is eleanorfish.com. E L I N O R fish.com and there you can download the healthy runners manifesto for free and also too on the website is information about upcoming retreats in iceland and moab and later i'll be adding the one about in in spain um but also too there's information there about uh, the Revive Your Running coaching program. And I run it every few months and space is really limited because we do a lot of group coaching calls as part of that program. Uh, but I also have the Mindful Running training system available up there as well. And so when you go there, you can also sign up for my newsletter and that's going to give you information about all these things and also give you access to a bunch of free new training tools that I'm working on over the next couple months and we'll be rolling out uh, soon. 
So if you get on the mailing list there, you, you uh, I'll let you know when those free tools are available, plus the free coaching calls that uh, that I have planned coming awesome. up. Awesome. Oh, it's so great to talk to you, and your passion for running is really contagious. So everybody out there who's running now, keep up the good work. <laughs> and thank you so much. Enjoy your retreat this week. Thank you so much, Connie. It was great to connect with you again, and uh, enjoy your running. Yeah.